Welcome to Abiding Life Studios podcast, where we tell relatable stories and lessons about how God moves in the natural of life. You'll hear real life stories with applicable lessons. When you're finished with the podcast, head on over to abidinglife.com where you can access the unique self-test, books, merch, free teachings, and more. Now for today's podcast. Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Shay Wells. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and the one and only Tim Lester. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for being here, everybody. Yeah. Hope everyone's doing all right. Yeah. And I believe Shay is going to start us off with a conversation. Yeah. I'm going to tell a little, a little story. Um, and then we'll have a conversation about said story. But gotcha. um, so I'll start off with this all kind of came up this last April 2023. Um, it was a really tough time. It was just one of those seasons, right? God brings us through seasons where it feels like you are just getting hit left and right and stuff just keeps coming at you and coming at you and you're going, what is happening right now? It was just one of those seasons in our life where things were just falling apart, it felt like. And all of a sudden I was just hit of course, in this, in this tough season, I was hit with this memory of a sexual abuse incident when I was a child. And I was like, are you kidding me? Why now? I'm already getting hit with life. Everything is being brought down. And now I have this memory surface of a sexual abuse from when I was a kid. And you're just like, are, why? Why right now? Couldn't I get my feet from underneath? Like, could I just get a little stable before I now I'm dealing with this on top of everything else in my current life. And now my past has to, has to come up. And this wasn't even necessarily a shocking uh, memory because I had always kind of remembered bits and pieces, but it was never a full memory. And then all of a sudden when life is, is full of turmoil, it was like, bam, there it is. And so the first instinct I had was, of course, I told Noah and then I called my counselor. <laughs> I was like, make me an appointment. I need to come in and talk about this. And in my head, I was like, great, this is going to be another one of those things that's going to take me a few months of going to counseling to try to work through. And I just didn't see, I was just, I was bummed out. I was bummed because here we were another thing to walk through. And I walked into my counselor's office. She's amazing. And we start talking about it and she's like, okay, well, let's just like, let's go back to that point in your life, which nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to go back and really talk about it and kind of dig that up. And I was like, great, this is going to be really fun. And I was like, whatever, fine. So I sit down and we start going back to the incident and really just talking through it. and. In that moment, I start breaking down because God had given me this feeling, this vision. I don't, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to sound weird, but it was this vision. I could see myself in my childhood bedroom and this incident taking place. But at that moment, I just felt so much protection and so much love 
that I was not expecting because I'm supposed to be angry. I'm supposed to be hurt, right? That's what they, I'm supposed to stay victimized of this. And that's what I was expecting to do was to kind of live in pain from it. I was supposed to, now that was my story. And then God had given me this piece of protection that I was like, what am I doing with this? And in that moment, he reminded me that although this terrible thing was happening to my body and it was not a fun experience for a lifetime, right? It's a memory that is that is in there now, but that he fully protected me in that moment, my soul, who I am, the, the parts of me that, for lack of better words, the parts of me that matter. And it was such a reminder. And I mean, I came out of that, I came out of that counseling office. Noah actually came with me to that appointment because he was expecting kind of a full-blown breakdown and like, who knows if she'll be able to drive? Is she going to be a wreck? And I walk out smiling and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, what is wrong with you? Like what is happening? But it was in that moment that I became free because I was reminded that I'm okay. My soul is okay. I was protected. And although that was awful, what happened to my body, God still protected me. And when you hear this story, I don't want, I'm fully aware that you could hear this story and go, what makes Shay so special? Why did God give her that and not me that? And I don't want you to hear this story and go, why am I still in pain from this memory? Or why am I still dealing with this? And God hasn't given me this piece. And I can understand how you could hear that and be like, well, good for Shay. But I truly believe that God did that in that moment for you for who's listening, who might be struggling with something that has happened to their body and something that they have walked through. I truly believe that it was a moment for me to be able to give to other people of a reminder that God is still protecting you and has protected who you are, even if you've gone through trauma within your body. And I think it's really hard because in a society where we're supposed to stay victim to circumstances. We're supposed to live in our trauma. And I mean, even the word trauma or triggered, like it's just, it's become one of those words that you're like, oh, here we go. Because it's just become a word in our society that we then have to like, we excuse ourselves from things and we're supposed to live in that. And we're supposed to, you know, well, I've I've had a traumatic life. Yes, but where was God in it? Because he is in everything. Even in that moment in my childhood bedroom, when this was happening to me, God was still in it. He was still protecting who I am. And I'm sure I've so many people who have been through awful things. They tell their testimony. And oftentimes people's response is, how are you still standing here today? How are you still happy? How are you still a good mom? How are you still loving? How are you telling this story 
from where you are today. And I think it's just important to recognize that it's all God, that he still protects us even when our bodies are going through this. And when I told this story on our Wednesday night group meetings, um, one of our attendees, I guess, mm -hmm. she made this beautiful connection. connection yeah. Thank you. That when Jesus was on the cross, his body was, his body was beaten. He was spit on. He whipped. was whipped. He was a mess, but his soul was still intact. God cared about who he was and what his mission was, although his body was going through all of this. And so I don't know, for me, it was just this big, like, I'm okay moment. And although, yes, I can get sad and I can, I can feel the feelings and I can be hurt and I can be sad for the little girl Shay who had to go through that. But I can also sit here today and go, that sucks for my body, but God has brought me to this place and he has made sure that I have become and will continue becoming who he needs me to be, even though my body might fail. And I, I think of Noah and his allergies. So many people are like, I'm going to pray for your allergies. I'm going to pray that you can eat food. You know, I'm going to pray for that. I mean, you've had people come and actually put their hands on your throat. Yeah praying that you would be healed from these allergies. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is your body just kind of sucks. Yeah. Your body just kind of goes through all these things. Yeah. But who you inherently are, who, who God has made you to be. Yeah. Is still you. Well, it's still and perfect. still perfect and yeah. protected. And, you know, I, one more point I will make, because I could probably talk on this topic forever, but one more point that I want to make, um, and then Tim, I'll kick it over to you as well, is, you know, I really kind of sat with this thought of my body as a temple, and I was really bothered that my temple was ruined by somebody else. I was really bothered by this thought of I'm now unclean because of somebody else's choices. And I can't do anything about that. I, I'm now ruined because of somebody else. But in that, I started thinking, you know, when you have a temple, the outside can crumble. The outside can become weathered from storms and, I mean, you walk by some churches and they're graffitied on and all of these things can happen to the outside, but it's about what's on the inside. And we have such a privilege of housing Jesus every single day, like the Holy Spirit's living inside of us. And we get that privilege and that is what matters, not necessarily the outside. The outside might fail, but we get this really cool privilege of having the Holy Spirit live in us. And I think I really had to kind of think that. And if you've been through any sort of sexual abuse or abuse in general, you can feel so dirty and unclean and broken. And, and just, you have all of those like gross feelings, but those are all bodily feelings, not the fact that your soul is okay. And the Holy spirit is within you. And you can focus on that on the days that you do feel unclean and unworthy in those things, because just because God gave me this awesome 
protecting feeling doesn't mean that I don't have hard days where I feel disgusting because it still happens. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. It's not like God took this away and showed me like, you know. Yeah, he just showed he was there. He showed he was there, Mm -hmm. but it didn't take it away. I still have the memory. I still struggle with it. There's still nights that I wake up in the middle of the night just angry or upset but then I can remind myself that God was still there and he was still protecting me. So before Tim talks, I just want to ask you. Um, so during that time, I know how, what age you are. You don't have to talk about that, but were you a Christian then? No, Yeah, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I think I remember going like to church on Easter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Christ was not a part of my vocabulary. He was not a part of my life. He was not a part of anything until I was in my late teens, early twenties. But yeah, he still protected me, Mm -hmm. even though I was an unbeliever. I mean, I think I was around like five or six. So Mm -hmm. I was definitely like a child, but I didn't know. I didn't know who God was. I didn't know anything about God, Mm -hmm. but yet he's still protected me and and it's very interesting specifically with like sexual abuse is you know I didn't really even have a memory or anything until April like I'd had little pieces but it never really meant anything to me I didn't really put them together until April when I was 36 years old 30 years later yeah it all of a sudden came and so God had even protected me in those 30 years waiting for honestly the right time. And I was surrounded by the right people. And I was surrounded, you know, you kind of look back and you're like, why couldn't he have told me here then, or let this memory go then, or, you know, let me remember the whole time. Mm -hmm. But God still knew he was with me then, even though I wasn't a believer. And he waited until I believe the right time as a believer to then walk through it with him 30 years later. Yeah. I think that's a, a, cool testament to show how we have such a loving god Mm -hmm. you know he even goes after the unbelievers right because all of us were unbelievers at one point right yeah he's gone after all of us and protected us yeah tim yeah yeah to your point noah uh (laughs) is the uh uh it's really interesting i think when scriptures say uh when we were God's enemy, not just we're kind of bad people, not just sort of we sinned every once in a while. But when we acted like, even when we were acting like his enemy, he laid down his life for us. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. the entirety of everything Jesus did Mm -hmm. was trying to get people to him that didn't want to be around him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if he's going to do that, if he's going to lay down his life, and I don't mean just the cross, that's a big deal, but, but continue, he continually is doing that. Yeah. He, he's he's about being, rec, you know, the big word is reconciled, but he, he wants to be in relationship with people. And uh, it, it's, it's really interesting. He's pretty strategic about it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just doesn't willy nilly go, ah, today's a good day to pass out some good things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, one of the things, the first thing I was struck by, Shay, is the timing on this about when God did what and showed you, I mean, you know, we've had gobs and gobs of conversations before. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it, 
it's very interesting to me, and I'm not using that word interested. And normally we say that's interesting when we really think that's stupid. Yeah. No, it really is interesting to me that when this all came forward, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when you started having memories of it and so on, so then, uh, uh, so, uh, and, and I have an opinion. I, I, I think there's some support from this from a scriptural standpoint, but right now, just speak from my experience. It's been interesting to me what over the years as I've worked with people about when God had them deal, whether it was sexual abuse or it was just their own stupidity of stuff they've done in their own life. Mm-hmm. And uh, people go, well, what thinking back then, well, you weren't. Now, I'm not talking about sexual abuse. I'm talking about when we do, do the stupid mm-hmm. things in life. Well, we weren't thinking back then. Mm-hmm. And a guy asked me once, he says, well, how come God didn't try to tell me about that then? He says, listen, that was that was just dumb. And I said, well, listen, let's just roll it back. If I had come to you with a recording of all you were doing wrong and told you back then, what would you have done? He says, oh, I'd have probably dropped you where you stood. And I said, mm-hmm. and why? And I knew that's what he was going to say. And, uh, and he says, well, because I thought you were stupid. And I said, well, so wisdom of God. Why would you waste your breath telling somebody something when there's no way they're going to receive it? Exactly. So is everything. Yep. So I really like that. Uh, I, I've got a question for you, Shay. I'm dying to ask just because once in a while I do this counsel thing. Yeah. I'm dying to hear what your counsel, if I, I don't mean the confidential details, what was your counselor's response to this? And I'm going to just use the word revelation. And for those who who are concerned that I'm trying to rewrite the Bible, I'm not. I'm talking <laughs> revelation in that I understand something. God shows me something. Yeah. We're not re- rewriting the scriptures here. But when you had that revelation, what what what? It, obviously, that had a bit of an impact on you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was Where'd crying. I was crying, obviously, because it was like it hit me. And then I look over, and she was crying because she could see it. She can. I mean, I don't. If you've either been in counseling or been counseling people or even just around a friend, when the light bulb goes off, Mm -hmm. you can see like the visceral response in their body. And she could, she's watching me, watching God show up. And if you've ever had the privilege of watching God show up in someone's life, it's amazing to just watch. Mm -hmm. And so she just experienced that. She starts crying with me. We're both just sobbing. Then we start smiling and then we go, well, God showed up. So like, what else do we, what else do we have to talk about? You know, what should we do now? And that was just kind of like the end of it was God showed up. And I mean, it's just. Yeah. And I think she even told you, I don't need to see you anymore. Yeah. She's like, I don't really know what else. And I mean, I go every like six months to a year, something will come up and I call her. So it's not like we're done, but we were done in that moment. And that's something I love about my counselor as well is she is like a pair of, of reading glasses. Like I need her every once in a while, but she's not, I don't have to, like, I don't go to her weekly. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, we go in, we talk about what's going on we we get going and then we kind of like separate and see what God does with it for a little bit. And then we come back if things happen. So this was one of those, like, she's like, well, God showed up. I don't have anything else to do because I'm just a human. God showed up. Mm-hmm. 
let's just see what happens. So it was really cool. She's amazing, but it was really cool to like cry with her and like experience it with her. Um, so yeah, that was That's good. That's good. Well, there's a, one thing I wanted to, I wanted to agree with you about. That sounds weird. <laughs> I agree with you a lot, but I mean, I, I wanted to emphasize that what you said was when you were talking about that, Hey, listen, yes, this is a reality. Uh, you, you strongly feel led to say, to say this out loud. So it would be an encouragement to other people. Yeah. Um, uh, but I really liked what you said in that. Listen, I'm not saying, so here's the new pill you take. You didn't yeah. use other words, but you're not saying this is the pill you take. When you take this pill, everything will be perfect. And it's all one session of counseling and so on and so forth. We do still have struggle. Yes. You know, even in the middle of a work that Christ does on me, and there's a real sense of relief uh, that comes when that happens, there is struggle. And so I just want to encourage anybody that w uh, watches this is that I, I want to make sure that they heard you say that because you're right. It would be easy to just say, well, I want that. Where do I sign up for that? Yeah. And yeah. You know, why didn't I get that when I went to my counselor? And so everybody would be ringing you up to find out what your counselor's name is so she can <laughs> play her magic wand. And so I, that is the reason I appreciate that is people, there's this tendency, and maybe it's even sincere. When we have God do a work in our life, we're so excited about what he's done. Mm -hmm. Is it sometimes it comes off like boom, instant one, two, three. This is the way all of life is. Uh, I turn to Jesus and everything's, you know, everything, everything's good. Um, well, there's a sense in which it is good, mm -hmm. but there's also a sense in which I can still struggle. Yeah. Uh, that still happen to, I, I really love the point you made about this still happened to my body. I still have, I, I do have triggers. I have things that trigger this and it's seemingly out of the blue, no matter how care, I guarantee you don't go around trying to figure out ways to, you know, like test this out. No. Oh yeah, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I'm still well aware that I am human. I am still living in a fallen world. I am still hurt. Yes. It does still bother me. It's just cool that God gave me a reminder that he protected me. Now, it's also up to me to believe that. And it's also up to me to remind myself of that. Because how many times does God show up in our life and we still question him? Yep. God still gives us amazing things in our life. And we still are like, you sure? Mm -hmm. You know, and there have been times where God has shown up and shown up and shown up. And I still think, well, this time he won't. It's still up to me to remind myself that he's still there. And also to be patient in his time, because Noah and I have been through the same things in our childhoods, yeah. but God hasn't shown up to Noah and said, I protected you. Mm -hmm. He wasn't given that same timing, that same vision, but I was, but I can remind him of that. And he can remind me of other things that God has told him in that. Right. Like we still have to trust God's timing and we still have to trust that God is in everything. And that's the whole point of this is knowing that it doesn't matter, you know, who's been given what message or God's shown up in that person and not in my per and not in my life. I mean, there are many times I can look at my friends and go, why does God give them that and not me? Why does God favor that person more than me, right? I can sit there and I can compare and compare and compare. But I think the point is, is God is in all of our lives doing what we need 
in every moment and showing up and reminding us of these awesome things. And then we get the privilege of encouraging each other with God, with what God has given us in our lives and not in a comparison way, not in a someone's a little bit better than somebody else or less than somebody else or anything like that. But God gives us this incredible peace that we get to share with each other. And that's, I think, my heart with this, with sharing this story is we are all just trying to walk through a fallen world with Christ. That is all we are all trying to do. And it is hard and faith is hard and the world is crumbling. Everything is a complete dumpster fire right now. A lot of people I know are dealing with past traumas and childhood things and and a lot of things are surfing, surfacing in a lot of different people from different walks of life. And I'm seeing this happen in so many people's lives. And I think the biggest reminder and the biggest prayer that I have is that we all get a privilege to walk through all of this together and we all get to point each other to Christ through our experiences and from what he gives us on sometimes a daily basis, but sometimes I feel like God gets a little silent with some of us and you're sitting there going, are you going to tell me what I should do here? But we all get this privilege to share these things with each other and encourage each other because we do all have pain in our life. And I just think it's really beautiful that we get to show up mm -hmm. and just share these things. So yeah. Well, yeah, we all learn things from each other. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. Well, like I was writing the whole time you were talking. So I had lots of things and I'm like, I'm not going to say, say them all, uh, all things that just thought, but one of the things that as soon as you start talking, I think I might've said something to you about this before the first time I heard it or after I heard it, but there's this concept or idea that's in Hebrews chapter four, it's verse 12. And it talks about the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm paraphrasing here right now for those of you that think I'm a horrible, horrible <laughs> uh, but, um, and it's able to divide even between the spirit and the soul. Mm -hmm. And while there's, there's lots of practical applications to that, one of them is, is the Lord convicts us if we're doing something wrong and he can break through, you know, my body might be telling me, this is one example of my body might want a particular thing. Maybe I have an addiction of some kind, whether it's food or alcohol or whatever else. My mind may be, may be really wanting uh, to get its fix. And I'm not necessarily just referring to drugs, but anything. Because we mm -hmm. all of us get, we, yes. we yeah. have the ability with our mind and emotions to get yeah. a fix. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for me in the past, that's been uh, everybody telling me how amazing I am. And that was my fix. And so I wasn't getting enough of that. I'd just go do more amazing things. So yeah, I would tell I, them how amazing I am. Well, the problem is, is I began to believe that. So so in times like that, I need the word of God. And there's two, according to the scriptures, there's two kinds of words of God. The word of God, the written words that he went to the trouble to write down in the Bible that we have, that is this amazing teaching, place for teaching and an amazing filter for us. Everything we think's from the Lord, we can always put it through the scriptures. And I really want people to hear that because the next thing I'm going to say, you might just balk on just a little bit. But there's also, John talks about the living word, Jesus, who lives in us mm -hmm. by way of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
he promised he was going to teach us more and more and more again and again and again. As a matter of fact, it's the reason the Holy Spirit came is so he could he could teach us all things we needed to know mm-hmm. to, to, to instruct us and let us know. You got a teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really did it. And so so that's even one application of the whole why the you know the sharper than edge two edged sword able to divide between the spirit and souls because this my body can get thrown off i can even have my emotions and my thinking my soulishness can get thrown off but i'm telling you when christ divides between the body and the soul and the spirit when it, it, when i be, he literally your words were he protected something in me mm-hmm. he's able to cut through all the muck all the gross stuff all the difficulty, all the pain, all the whatever, all that stuff you were talking about. But there's another sense. There's times when I, it's not because I did something wrong. It's when something has been perpetrated on me. I need to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, when you were describing that to me, I thought that is a work of the living word, Jesus, the Holy spirit cutting right through between the dividing between what's happened to your body when I say dividing, I mean understanding. Yes, this happened to my body. Yes, I felt and still felt sometimes these weary emotions. But somehow Christ broke through and you got a really loud, clear message. I wrote it down four times while you were talking. Uh, who I am has not been touched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I am valued. And it's just not some thing I write on my mirror in the morning and say, you are wonderful. You are amazing. You are, you know, all those. It's way past all that. Yep. I've you actually heard and received what the Holy Spirit was telling you about you. Yep. Yeah. And and uh if I can just say one more quick thing. I, so I had a lady uh, uh uh talk to me and I'm not I'm not here to debate about different kinds of counsel and so on, but this one I'm gonna bring up because I think it's counter counter the opposite of what actually happened to you. And mm-hmm. I think the thing I'm gonna describe is false. Uh, she participates in a in a type of counsel. I'll just put it that way. I'm not even going to name it. Where she tells people to write down, if, especially if they've been involved in sexual abuse, to write down a preferred way they would have preferred that to end, and mm-hmm. to have a savior come in and save them from being hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Write that story down, and then basically to reprogram their mind to say what happened didn't happen, but yeah. what really happened was this new narrative. Yeah. And that it, and the, she said, I'm just quoting, I, you're reprogramming the mind to believe the new thing that, that you're going to tell yourself that happened. And you just rehearse that and rehearse that. And that, be, and, and it, it trains your mind to believe that this other thing never happened to me. Mm-hmm. There's only one problem. It did happen to you. And uh, I I respectfully, while I know her intent is good, Mm -hmm. I don't want I don't want to be better because I'm living in a lie. Mm -hmm. No. And it's interesting to me that you're you're not saying nothing happened. You're not saying that there's never any impact. You're saying in the middle of this that God broke through, and you saw something about His presence in your life, His care for you, and more importantly that the, the who you are mm-hmm. and your value to yeah. him is unmeasurable. Yeah. And no matter what anybody does to your outside body, you may not like it, 
but it it doesn't not only does it not change you are it has it has transformed you what he did transformed you yeah and, and I, at any day mm-hmm. yeah and that's to kind of speak on that for just a second is you know we are very much so in this toxic positivity world right now where everything has to be happy and there's a lot of different therapy tools, which if you feel like God is leading you to one specific one over the other, like that's, if God feels like, if you feel like God's leading you fine, but there's a lot of different things now that are like, let's just turn everything to positive and only think positive. Yeah. And, you know, let's go back to that horrible incident, but let's change our emotions around it. Let's let's try to trick our body into thinking that it's a good thing, that, that we're happy, that everything's fine. No, because I, I'm going to really regret saying this <laughs> because who knows what God will do with it. I hate when I say things like this, because then I'm like, just kidding, God. I want to experience the pain because I don't go to God when I'm happy. I don't. If everything is fine and everything is great, I'm living life. I'm loving life. Life is great. When I am in the complete trenches of hell of this fallen dumpster fire world that we are a part of, that's when I need him the most. And quite frankly, that's when I see him the most. So when people constantly want to just have the happy, great. But I have yet to meet someone that hasn't truly experienced Christ in the crap. It's in those moments that we see him the most. And I understand no one wants to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants to experience the pain. Nobody wants to sit there and go, this happened and it's hard and it's hurting. Every time we go through a season in our marriage, of course, I don't want to be going through that. But I rely on God the most when things get hard. And I think that if we just chose, because God gives us a choice in everything, If we chose to go back to that moment to seek him, then you're going to find him. But if you choose to go back to those moments to erase what happened, you're erasing the work that God has done in your life through the hardship. And for me, I don't understand that. As much as I don't want to experience the pain, as much as I don't want to go through the hard things, That's where I see God the most. When I was a single mom and I was sitting there blatantly telling everyone that God had abandoned me, blatantly telling everyone that God didn't care about me because spoiler alert, I have a dad that doesn't care about me and a dad who abandoned me. So of course I think God has done the same thing. I sit here and go, God wasn't there. And now here I am 15 years later from being a single mom going, man, God saw, he, he brought me a house and he brought me school and he brought me a man who came in on his knight in shining armor self and just swept me off my feet and made my life way different than it was when I was living in section eight housing on food stamps. Why would I want to go back and erase that? Why would I want to go back and say, I did all of that when I can clearly, although I was saying God wasn't there, And God abandoned me and God left me, which I could also say that about my sexual abuse. God wasn't there. God left me. He turned his back on me. But if I go back and I seek him, I see him everywhere. And I don't want to erase that. As much as those times sucked, as much as they were painful, as much as they can continue 
to be painful. I still have what we would consider PTSD from a lot of different areas in my life. The last few weeks have quite frankly sucked. <laughs> but I can choose to see Christ in it or I can choose to see how it's just a little different than I would want it to be. And that's a me thing versus Christ thing. And I'd rather just focus on him, although I don't always get that right. <laughs> so. Well, so no, I have a question for you. Something Shay said, I'd like for you to comment on if you have comments on it. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, it, it occurred to me, it's not so much what she, she specifically said, but I wrote down, Satan comes after you when you are hit hard and he's no respecter of bad times in your life. He just piles it on more and more. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I've heard you talk about, talk around about this stuff before. So what, if you say, Tim, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. It wouldn't be the first time I've heard that. But, but what do you think about, I mean, I'm listening to what Shay's saying, you know, and, and right on the heels of, I mean, it hasn't been too long ago this thing happened. Yeah. She just said the last few weeks have been not great. Yeah. Okay. And so I just wondered if you could speak to people about Satan and how he works. And, you know, and especially when, you know, you would think you'd get a break if you're having a moment, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 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 you've been triggered or it's PTSD or it's this or it's that. Yeah. Well, I will say this. I think. The thing about Satan is he thinks he is so smart with us. He thinks he is destroying us when, like, whatever, you know, when that happened with Shay in April and then a bunch of other stuff came on. And I could tell that Satan was bugging, talking to her in her ear, you know, and it's it's I always look at that and go, you know, Satan thinks he's so smart and he's getting Shay and he's finally going to get her and she's going to break. She's going to walk away from the Lord. She might even kill herself, you know, yeah. who knows? And the whole time God is using Satan mm -hmm. to talk to Shay. Yeah. Because he's bringing her to that point of her end of weakness. Yeah. Because we all learn more when we are weak. weak. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, it probably just drives but maybe it doesn't drive Satan crazy because he's so prideful. So he probably doesn't even think of it. And a little stupid. Yeah, because he'll just keep coming. <laughs> he'll just keep going back to it, even though God's using him yep. to work in our lives. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I understand that's probably a hard thing to understand that well, Satan's bad. Satan's very bad. I don't want him. I don't want God using him. Trust me, it's the easiest way to go. It's the easiest way for us to break and bring us to our weakness and go, Jesus, we need you now. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, how many times, I mean, I look back in my life, how many times Satan has brought me to a point where I'm just like, God, I need you. I can't, yeah. I can't keep going. Yeah. And then he shows up. Yeah. It's that beautifulness of contrast. He loves God. God loves contrast. Yes. What was that? Satan just likes to make chaos and, and, you know, any, it, I understand. Yes. He wins sometimes. Let's, let's say that quotation marks where yeah. someone takes their own life, right? Mm -hmm. You go, Oh, Satan, Satan won that. Mm -hmm. That didn't surprise God. No. 
Okay, God was in that. God was the with them when he did it. He knew he was going to do it, and God allowed that. And that's probably a whole nother podcast that to talk about. Yeah. It is, you know, like sexual abuse, abuse in general, suicide, anything. You can sit there and go, man, you can look at the world in a complete dumpster fire right now and go, Satan is winning the world right now. He is on top. He is getting it. Like Jesus, he's nowhere to be found. God is nowhere to be found. There is war. There's horrible things happening. Like Satan is winning. Is he? Is he? No. Yeah, because I mean, even with the world, everything weird going on, I can still see a lot of beauty in it and what God has given us, you know? Yeah. And he is always shows up. And but it goes. comes down to choice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you have to we choose. Can choose. Well, it's just sit. like the glasses you're talking about. Yeah. What glasses are you going to wear? God's exactly. glasses or world's glasses? We can choose to see what's happening in the world, what has happened in our lives, what's happening in our marriages, what's happening with our teenagers. We can choose to see that and go, Satan is winning. What are we doing? And for me, that puts me into a tailspin, whether it's my past, raising kids, our marriage, the world, I can sit there and my head starts spinning because all I see is Satan. Or I can get off the carousel and say, God's got this. Mm -hmm. No matter how it looks to me, a sexual abuse on a five or six-year-old is awful. But to know that God protected me is so beautiful. And I can choose to see both sides. I can choose to live in this sucks, woe is me, how awful, in any instance. Or I can choose to go, look what God has done. Or like in the last few weeks, I can choose to say, this sucks, I hate it. I'm angry. God is, you're, you know, God's nowhere. Or I can see the flip side and go, Man, God is really working in all of this. Even if I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why this is happening. But I can choose to know that he will do something. And that's the that's the the beauty but the hard part, right? Is when when we do have people who who give into suicide or people are going through trauma or turmoil and there's a lot of things happening, we can choose to go man, Satan is winning. Or we can choose to go, where's God in this? Because he isn't surprised by any of it. Like you yeah. said, he's not he's surprised by any of it. He yeah. is in everything. Yeah. And that's the hard part, the choice. Yeah. And I want to reaffirm something to the two of you. And don't get scared. I'm not going into detail. But I, I've i known you two for a long time. That's true. I've known Noah since he was a little, little boy. But, mm-hmm. but I've known you guys ever since you've been together on some level or another. And. And uh, uh, you guys realize when you got together, you were a train wreck, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. we know. <laughs> we don't know why we got together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. Well, and, well, absolutely. And so here's here's my point. And it's not trying to say you guys are the most amazing people that walked on the planet. That I, I, I want to make a simple statement. There's no way the train wreck you guys were got to where you're at in terms of, and I'm not talking about being in charge of ministry or anything like that. I'm I'm talking about to be in the place you're at with life and family uh, and to invest in the way I, I know your kids and I know how you guys invest in them mm-hmm. and you're screwballs sometimes and your kids know it too. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, 
I've watched God God's bring because of this idea that you're talking about that all this crazy stuff that's happened and the enemy's been at work and our own stupidity has been at work and that all that has driven you to him mm -hmm. and it's created wisdom in you that you quite frankly shouldn't have yeah. i mean i love you guys but given yeah. where you came from yeah. <laughs> you ought not know what you know right now right <laughs> and uh, and i and we can all laugh about that but i want the people that are listening to this just recognize uh, we're having this conversation with a girl that was sexually molested mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't have this super positive outlook because, Oh, I'm just a bright little thing. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you don't get from train wreck to where you've been. And yeah. that doesn't mean you're great. It means you have a great God. Mm -hmm. who's yeah. your weakness. It's a simple. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly. really what I want people to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to sum it up. Cause that's all it is, right? Yep. A a absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and God that showed up, even though he didn't have to. Right. Right. I wasn't, like I said, didn't come from a Christian home. Didn't believe in him. No one showed me who he was or what was going to happen later, but still showed up mm -hmm. when I was unknowing, undeserving. And not just, not just when I was a kid, but yesterday <laughs> right you just even when you're undeserving unknowing don't know what's happening he still shows up and yeah, yeah we were both train wrecks when we met the last 15 years we've been through a lot and we'll continue going through a lot but thankfully we don't have to go through it alone exactly absolutely absolutely yeah and I think stuff always just comes up and like I just wanted to say too, I, I, Shay was talking about it too, is like how you said, um, you know, people out there, why hasn't this happened or, or any of that stuff. Yeah. But it, I always, I, I was sitting there thinking the things I've gone through with my own struggle of abuse, of sexual abuse, is I've realized so much my body does not forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember one time, it was a while ago now, but I I was driving and I was thinking, you know, the whole time, it's so weird when you go through something like that, the whole time you're trying to fix this and fix this, right? Mm -hmm. Fix your heart, fix your head, make sure you're okay with everything, keep going. Change your emotions. Change your emotions, make sure everything's, you know, don't beat yourself up over it. Don't bring yourself, you know, what would that be called? Um past jumping maybe don't go back mm -hmm. and live there and you know oh I, I should have fought more or maybe maybe I wanted it you know all that garbage that goes through your mind and you're trying to fix all that and what I realized was I completely forgot I left my body in the dust yeah I completely oh, forgot about healing my body and I don't mean like in some weird way of I don't know what, what weird way you could do but I just all of a sudden started, I just started crying for my own body mm -hmm. and thanking it for bringing me this far. Yeah. Cause my body had gone through all that damage Yeah. and my body had kept going. Yeah. And I completely forgot about that. Cause I was like, Whoa, I'm here because of my body kept going. Yeah. My body is pretty strong. God made my, all of our bodies very strong to put up with a lot of the garbage. Right. Yeah. And so 
I don't know, just kind of a reminder if someone is out there that's listening, it's not a bad idea to think about your body and go, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for putting up with it and keep going. Yeah. And kind of having that, I guess for me, when I started crying, I almost felt like a grief for it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a weird grief, but I, I mean, I was just bawling my eyes out. And I was I, in your mind, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're crying about your body. What are you, yeah. what are you thinking you're doing here? Yeah. But after it was done, I was like, oh, I'm so happy I did that. Mm-hmm. It just felt so, I felt so much better. And I think that's the thing with, with sexual abuse. I'm guessing mainly with sexual abuse with people, it, it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. For and I I hate it does, but it. But it does. Yeah, and I wish that God would just take it away, but He doesn't. He He ends up using it for good, right? He ends up using it to teach you something, or to help other people, or to, or just for yourself. Well, Maybe that's the way you come to Christ. And it's okay, just to kind of affirm listeners who maybe have been walking through this. Even if you are a Christ follower and you know in your heart you are protected and you, you know, can get to that mental place where you feel stable <laughs> and you feel like everything's going to be okay. It's okay on some days if you don't want to be touched. It's okay if some days you still feel those feelings and those visceral responses because your body does remember. And it's okay to still feel those things, even if you feel like you are in a good spot mentally, even if you feel, yeah, like you should be past it. It's been a long time. You can move through those things. You can talk about it without breaking down. It's okay if your body still has those memories and you still have those days where you're not okay to be touched or you don't want to have conversations or it's, it is okay to still be very human. And it is okay to still have those, those days. Because I think sometimes it's like, I felt that way after all of this, I would have a day that I just, all of a sudden the memories wouldn't stop. And I'm like, but I, I remember, but, but God told me that I was okay, that he protected me. Why do I still feel nauseous? Why can I still not think about these things? Why can I still not talk about this stuff? It's okay to still have that. It is okay to still have those days. Yeah, because yet again, God is in all of it. Yeah. God made our bodies this way. And I will, I'll say one more thing. I know we could talk about this forever because there are so many moving parts. There's so many pieces to it, right? There's so many, you've got the memories and you've got the visceral responses and you've got your, your mind, soul, your emotions, certain things that show up that you're like, why did this trigger me to feel this way why you know all of these things and I want to just point out too this was something that really helped me in that time that my I can't remember if it was my counselor that reminded me of it or your counselor that reminded because he's become like a friend I don't know I can't remember where this came from or if it was Tim I don't know but oftentimes when we have a memory surface from our childhood we go back as the adult us to that time And that's when, you know, Noah said, why didn't I fight? Why didn't I scream? Why didn't I do these things? Why didn't I? Why, 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 why? I should have, should have, should have. Well, that's because we tend to go back to those memories as the adult us. And of course, the 37-year-old Shay has a different brain, different thoughts, different maturity, different growth than the five-year-old Shay. So 
I know when this first came up, I was like, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I tell somebody? Why didn't I, you know, you have all those questions, all of those thoughts. And you, I, you know, I went through all of the whys possible. And I had to remind myself, the 37 year old Shay has had 37 years of experience and, and growth. And I've had 37 years to grow my relationship with Christ. The five-year-old Shay, I was only five years into this dumpster fire of an earth. She didn't know. And it's okay that she didn't know. So I don't need to take my adult self and go back to there and shame my childhood self and go, why didn't you? Instead, I get to go, I get to sit with Christ now and say, thank you. Because although like Noah was saying, although things can happen to our bodies, I mean, I'm still standing today and I have gotten through every single terrible thing. Everything I didn't think I was going to get through, I've gotten through. Everything I thought God abandoned me with, he was there. And I get to now sit with that now and be grateful and thank my body for protecting me in ways. Thanking God for protecting me. And just see that from the 37-year-old self. And when I'm 57, I'll probably have all new things I can look back on. And when I'm 97, I'll be able to look back at my life and go, that's where God was. And that's where God was. And that's where God was. And that's just such a beauty in all of that is we get to then look back, not in a woe is me, but in a how cool of God. And that's such a privilege that I hope I get because there are people who don't get the privilege of being 37 or 57 or 77 or 97. There are people that don't get the privilege of being the age that I am and having the relationship with God and those choices to see him. And not everybody gets that privilege. And so I'm just grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Jay. Thank you. Thank you. And um, just a couple of quick things. Uh, Number one, Jay, I wanted to affirm, you mentioned the lady in the group that uh, talked about Jesus on the cross and how he uh, he experienced, you know, his body was wiped out. Um, he was beaten. He was bruised and all of that. And we, we usually think of that appropriately so in terms of what he endured to take the punishment of the world on him. Mm-hmm. But I also want people to view it. I want them to get the impact of, of your mentioning that because uh, we and we say this often. To make a human being, you have to have a body, you have to have a soul, you have to have a spirit. Mm -hmm. Jesus had a body, a soul, and the spirit of Christ. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we sort of view him, well, of course, Jesus got through this because he was God. Yes, he was God. He never stopped being God. Mm -hmm. But he was also, according to the Ephesians, uh, the Philippians letter, he was fully human. Mm -hmm. With all the emotions, all the hurts, all the woundedness. And so it was no little deal. Yeah. And it's interesting because even on the cross, it is clear. Jesus said before he went to the cross, apart from the father, the son of man, referring to himself, can't even do one thing. Mm -hmm. This is Jesus. Okay. He says, apart from being connected to the father, I can't even do one thing. Well, when he went on the cross, he was held. You said it this way and you're exactly correct. He was held together by God. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he was held together by God. Mm-hmm. And and that's significant because if Jesus in the body of a man and the soul of a man and the spirit of Christ was able to endure, 
and was able to be held together in the middle of this crazy thing that was happening to him on the cross. And I know it was God's plan. It was Jesus' choice. I, I get all that. Yeah. But it, it's encouraging to me relative to your story. If God could do that in the body of a man, the soul of a man, and a spirit of Christ, that same Jesus mm-hmm. lives in us now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the same Jesus is in at work in this world and even coming after us, to your point, before you actually, quote unquote, accept Christ. Yeah. And um, so I want people to be encouraged that one of the reasons we spend appropriately so spending so much time talking about the forgiveness that comes from Christ. But God was out to restore man in all ways. He, he was a reconciler is the big word that, you know, they use in theological circles. But Jesus cares about what happens to us. Yeah. And he has the book of Hebrews. It's really interesting. It says Jesus above anybody else on the world, in the world, because he's God and he was actually a man, can sympathize what it's like to experience exactly the stuff you experience. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He gets, he definitely gets what betrayal is like. Yeah. And his father held him together. Mm-hmm. Well, if he held Jesus together, he can hold us together. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Oh, amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Amen to that. Yep. Yep. Well, right. it's been good. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, closing statement, Tim. I agree. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Listen, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. That's true. You know? <laughs> Love it. Hey. All right. Thank you, everyone, to the listeners. And yes, thank you. We'll do another podcast. I believe I'll do the next podcast on your heart desires. Woo. Right. Um, yep. Fun topic. Buckle yep. up, everybody. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe so you are the first to know when a podcast is released. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to you joining us next time here at Abiding Life Studios.